We're no ordinary sports talk network. Not only do we have a roster of world-class experts, but they tell you gaming strategies to help you win. Any simpler, and we'd have to hold your hand. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. All right, here we go. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Love Wednesdays. A lot of good stuff coming your way. Two of the very best are going to join us. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet in hour number one. And Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com will join us in hour number two. We've got tons of NFL news, bowl season, coaching carousels in college football. A lot on the docket. NBA, it, uh, I'm telling the odds makers or something else. Total is 219 and a half last night. Lakers Celtics game, it falls 219. So the odds makers continue to do uh, their job and never throw a moment. There are always a handful of those games. I mean, the other one, hockey last night, Toronto's playing Columbus and. Again, I think they're soft numbers. You know, we've been talking about it on this show and the Light the Lamp podcast with Cam Stewart. You know, they keep making the, the Columbus total six. They're 14-4 and four to the over, and the Leafs have been scoring touchdowns. They score nine points in the game. You know, total should have been six and a half. It was six under. They score nine goals. But one of them, I was talking to Cam, came with like, you know, point whatever seconds left at the tail. I got the buzzer. And, you know, if uh, you had the Leafs on the puck line, I mean, that's one of the worst beats you'll ever have. That's the beauty of this stuff. We love it. We, uh, everybody has those stories, those bad beat stories. But it, we soldier on. It's a great time of year. There's just so much on the docket. Now, we're going to get into this. I'll say hi now. And, and we'll save the real swan song for our next segment before Bruce Marshall gets on board. It's a bittersweet day uh, here at uh, Vegas Sportsbook Radio and the network because it's our buddy Chris Pavona's last day. And well, we're going to get into it in, in more detail. I'm going to soldier on. We got some news. Tiger Woods is going to play with his son, Charlie, uh, in the PNC next week. So we're going to see Tiger Woods back in the golf course. That's big news. That's cool. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe get a look at his swing and see what it means and if he actually can actually get out and compete with the big boys on occasion in the limited schedule that he's about to play. But I just wanted to make sure we got that little tidbit of news out there, and then we'll have injuries for you a little later on. But again, we'll just maybe wet the whistle here, and then in the next segment maybe Chris can talk about you know some of the broader memories, uh, the friendships he's made. Uh, I've known Cam Stewart and Gabe Marenzi forever, since 2005, worked with them, and then they're at Sports Grid. Uh, now we're all kind of bad. They, they've been here. I'm here now. And it's great fun and great friendships. I mean, those guys have become literally a phenomenal friends to me. Uh, you know, just call them for the sake of calling them or chat for no reason. Cam and I did the I Like the Lamp podcast last night, which is just pretty funny. 
you know, a lot of we think we came up with some really cool new betting angles in hockey. You'll want to listen to that, and it's uh, it's worth a chuckle. But the guy who put so many of the shows together for us live, and the podcast he puts together, and just his organization gets sound cuts and the music and the production that he's done for this show. We're gonna have a lot more from Mr. Bavone in the next segment. I'm 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 vamping here. But it's Chris's last day. And he's off to a new endeavor. And I couldn't be happier for Chris. It's a wonderful opportunity. And this happens, especially in this business. I've been in this business uh since nineteen seventy-nine professionally. And it's like that, where you encounter people, uh, you get dear friends, and I've got many of them that have remained dear friends for life. You, you lose touch with people. It happens. But there are those people that are part of your routine that they become more than just colleagues and coworkers. Chris and his lovely wife were out in Vegas. Uh, it was the first week of college football season actually get to meet him for the first time, but we talk every day, basically. We have since this year started. And, in fact, I'm not even going to let Bavona talk in this segment because the next segment I'm going to let him have at it and uh, give out some fond memories. But I just wanted to say uh, personally, Chris has become a very, very good friend, and that's the most important thing. And... He's got a great personality. He's exceptional at what he does. And I just wanted to personally thank him for everything he's done. And he's made this dive into the Sports Grid Radio Network a treat. And and honestly, it was like there was, for me, it was no transition. You know, it was like, okay, I'm working with this guy. Okay, good. He's like, this guy's really good. And it, he really helped me a lot. And I appreciate everything he's done for me personally. And I would say that he's done for you folks, the listeners on this show and many other shows on the Sports Good Radio Network. So, I got through the first break. You're going to hear from the man himself. Bruce Mars is going to join us a little bit. But our buddy Chris Bavona, provided he pushes the right buttons and puts himself on the air, we'll hear from him next on Vegas Sports Good Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Stevie Slapshot will be here tomorrow and Friday. And I know Stevie would echo the words with me. Uh, we soldiered on here. Basically started at the beginning of the year uh, on the Sportsbook Radio Network. And, you know, thanks to everybody at the network. It's, it's been an absolute treat uh, to join this group. And be on Sirius 159, the Sports Good Radio Network. 
and like I said, I've got dear friends Cam Stewart and Gabe Morenci, and Chris Bavona is our producer. You've heard him on the show a lot. Um, I, I've, I've always been one of those guys. Producers, I say the sportsbook directors are the most underpaid guys in the sports wagering industry because they're in the one part of a casino that can lose money. So those guys better know what they're doing. And, you know, idiots like me get on the air and yap and do all the talking. Uh, but there are people behind the scenes that get the thing on the air. And I can't tell you how many times it, it's live, live radio. The fires you got to put out, a signal drops out, or a Wi-Fi problem, an internet drop. And, you know, the guy that's always putting the fires out and also on top of it coming up with the creativity and music and drops and our injury report has been such good fun that Stevie did the injuries and Chris would come up with these funny drops. Anyway, you know, producers do yeoman's work, and Chris is more than a producer. He's very creative, and it's his final day. So I'm done talking, and let Mr. Bavona jump in. I just wanted to say with all sincerity, uh, it's been great getting to work with you and know you, and you and your lovely wife we will stay in touch. I uh, wish you guys the very, very best, and good luck on your new endeavor. But hey, Sorry, but I miss you, buddy. Please don't cry like that. sums it up. <laughs> I have to throw that one in there one more time. Well done. Oh. Well done, man. Congratulations. Uh, you know, very excited for you uh, and wish you the very best. And then, Hey, that's the nature of the beast in broadcasting. I, it's the craziest industry. You know, I, for, and I'll end this real quick. I mean, I, for over 25, 30 years, I did the TV nonsense. And I got news for you. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. That industry is brutal and cutthroat. And in every every station you'd be at, it was a revolving door. Your head's on a swivel. You know, new news director, new general manager. And they all have their own people they want to bring in when they come in. So you're constantly, I mean, you're, you're like, you got a Kevlar vest and an asbestos suit on all the time. It's, it's broadcasting. That's the nature of the beast, right? I mean, opportunities arise and, uh, you know, you do what's best for you and your family and... Uh, I'm I'm really excited for you, buddy. Congratulations and good luck. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate all of it. And I've, I've loved working with you. And the funny thing is you talked about how cutthroat that the uh, broadcasting uh, business can be. It, it's very true. But the one thing I will say about working here with SportsGrid, you know, I've, I've been here uh, since 2013 um, when we were still FNTSY. And we were working out of a studio uh, with Sirius XM. Uh, and then all of a sudden we started working. Uh, we, we, we kind of branched out on our own. And I mean, like, I remember being there from the days when our radio studio was nothing more than a janitor's closet with a tent above us. Yep. That's, you know, that's kind of how, uh, how this started out for me. And really helping Sports Grid, uh, you know, get from that to where it is now. That's really been one of the biggest accomplishments uh, that I'm really proud of that I was a part of, um, you know. And then, of course, listen, talking about all the creative stuff that I was able to do, that was one another thing that uh, FNT is, uh, excuse me, FNT is why Sports Grid has allowed me to be. Has uh, I've had a lot of creative freedom, uh, a lot of flexibility in, in, in that sense, and these are things that have made my decision. Uh, you know, 
listen, it, like I said, it is what it is. It, it, it's kind of time for me to move on as it is. But it was, it was one of those things that made me kind of feel like this is going to be really hard for me to leave. You know, especially also like everybody between you, Mike Cardano, Greg Sussman. Um, I, you know, I can name thousands of people that I've worked with. How you know much I love working with you guys. You know, you you've all become a, a, a piece of my family. So it's been really, it's really difficult. It, it's been a, a very bittersweet day, I will say, to say the least. Well, the crazy thing about this industry, I mean, it's things tend to circle back. I moved out here to work with Kenny White in 2005, and we yeah. did so many different projects together for. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever it ended up being, maybe seven, eight years. And then there were things uh, that he went on to do, things that I went on to do, and now it circles back. And we, we do do things together in addition to all the stuff I do here. I do a lot of other projects. But I'm back to do stuff uh, with a guy like Kenny White. And broadcasting's that way, Chris. I would I almost, there's a part of me says it would still be a slight favorite. We'll circle paths and end up working together again at some point down the road. That's just the nature of the beast. You never know. Yeah, I know. And, and listen, like you said, listen, this, this really could come full circle. Who knows what happens you know, down the road? Maybe uh, maybe the, what I'm hoping is that Sports Grid does expand into something bigger than what it is now. I mean, it, listen, it, it has expanded since the days that I've been working here. But I'm really hoping to see, um, you know, Sports Grid become one of the global networks when it comes to uh, sports wagering. Um, you know, it's not just a benefit for our listeners, but it's a benefit for you. It's a benefit for Mike Cardano. It's a benefit for all of us. So, well, you, you, you know, never know it, what happens. But no, but you're, it's funny, and it's, it's the terrifying thing is just how fast time flies. And you said, what, 2013. But that is, that's a cool thing to think, you know, where you were when this started and to see what it's grown into and the sincere hope, as you said, for all of us is continues to surge and get even bigger. Exactly. And I, I, I honestly have no doubt that that will happen. I think that the content that we have been able to produce on FNT, uh, again, I did that. Wow. See, this is what happens when you start leaving. I start going back to the days of, you know, early in the days where I was working in studio. And let me actually, one of my favorite things to do, um, when we were still when I, when I was still working in studio around Christmas time, I always decked the halls out of our studio to make it look with Christmas, Hanukkah because we have we, we celebrate both. Um, that's one of the things uh, of all the things that I've done, I'm going to miss decorating our studio 34 studio. Hey, but real quick, man, I, you know, it just dawned on me just to throw this in there. Bruce Marshall's going to join us in the next segment. But I just want to give our sincere thanks to Chris Pavona. But to think about, A, what technology is and everything we've just gone through the last two years, that you were able, for the most part, to pretty much pull all this stuff off from home. And hats off to you for doing that. Let me tell you something, man. This is another thing I'm going to miss. I've loved working from home. You know, the only person that gives me any problems is my dog. And it's really only because he hears somebody barking. He starts barking at somebody who's, you know, just walking across. So that's one thing I will absolutely miss. But at the same time, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to be back in studio. And um, again, it's, it's time to move on. 
buddy, but I listen. Will, but I will miss I didn't, living with you. I've really been, well, I, I've loved working with you every day. Uh, listen, honestly, I, I didn't want to do, do one of these things where you cram it in at the last second, you know, and uh, when, when people get a chance to hear about all the things you've done and what you mean to the show, what you meant to the network. And you still got an hour and whatever. Don't don't get too cozy there. You still got <laughs> another 90 minutes there, brother. But I want to I let know, you know. I know. Love you. Thank you for everything you've done for me personally and for the network. All right, our buddy Chris Pavona. We wish him the very best of luck in his future endeavors. We're coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Two. One, two, three. That oldie Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Series 159 of the Sportsbook Radio Network. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Chris Pavone is producing for us in New York. We're off to Florida, and I still find that odd to say. It's turned into a game of Where's Waldo, but our dear friend Bruce Marshall from the legendary Las Vegas publication, The Gold Sheet, is kind enough to join us. How's it going, Bruce? Hey, pretty good, Brian. Bowl season, my friend. We got a lot of things. Players are going to opt out. We got coaching carousels. Uh, We know who the final four are. But the bowl games actually look pretty compelling, and I'm just curious. You know, uh, just bowl season in general over the years, uh, what's been the best plan of attack for you when, when you look at the bowls? Like, how many of these games do you jump in and bet early? Or is it almost like, you know, the start of the season where you got to make sure nobody gets hurt and practice? Or, you know, if a quarterback decides to bolt, I mean, there's a lot of buyer beware to betting these games now. There is, Brian, and more than in in past years, there's a lot more like buyer uh, beware right now um, with uh, things changing, players opting out. We've already got Thibodeau from Oregon opting out. He's going to be just one coaches changing. I mean, a lot of these these teams are going to be playing in the bowls with either interim coaches or maybe a new coach in place like Notre Dame. Um, in, in past years, I mean, there, there was, there was more of a form a formful nature years ago. Um, and you know, pre the, the pre new year's bowls when there weren't quite the proliferation of bowls that they have now. And you, you had, uh, you know, decent marks for underdogs in those games and things like that. But the teams mostly were, were, were the same as they were during the regular season. That's not always the case right now. So you've just got to go game by game, and I, I don't know that there is a blanket approach to do to it. you just got to kind of each handicap each one, which you, we always did anyway, but there's the, the general overlying parameters have changed because uh, a lot of these teams just look different, different coaches. I mean, heck, Fresno's going to this its bowl game um, yep. without its coach or its quarterback. So, I mean, it's like uh, this, is, this is a different era for a lot of these teams. And I do believe there's a core, not a correlation, but it's a reasonable analogy that there are similarities to bowl season and the beginning of the NCAA tournament where 
some conferences are going to thrive and some conferences are going to flop. And I get every game, you know, is unique. But it does tend to pan out that way. That Oh, boy, the Pac-12 spit the bed. Or, boy, the Mountain West was really good in the bowls this year. Oh, the Mountain, uh, the MAC, boy, those teams really struggled in the bowls. There are things of that ilk that historically have rung true. I mean, is, is that something that, you know, would you watch, per se, if that's the case, a handful of the early games and a couple of conference teams stub their toe, does it at least does it at least make you have pause for concern or enhance an opinion on a team from a conference in a subsequent game down the road? Yes, it can, um, and there have been some examples in recent years that have recurred. Um, Mac games for a few years that really had trouble covering in bowls, and you get a lot of them in the early bowl games. So it it, it comes quick. Uh, in the bowls, and, and unlike, you know, in March Madness, if a um, basketball side of a conference gets hot like the Pac-12 did last March, I mean, they, some of those teams kept playing, so you had a chance to keep going with them. So in the bowls, sometimes it goes away quick, but you can, and you can take a lead with some of the leagues as well that you might just think are, you know, overrated or underrated and see how it plays out. But it does move uh, kind of uh, quickly. Uh, in, in recent, there, there was a time, you know, that the Pac-12 at times has had real trouble in the bowls. Uh, in the past decade, the SEC for a while was doing awfully good. That's not necessarily been the case every year, but that's something you kind of, that's what you do, what you mentioned, the early bowl games, you, you see if you get some sort of a pattern. The other thing is some of these conferences, the SEC ain't going to be involved in too many early bowl games. They don't come in until later. So it's mostly the, the Mac mountain West has got eight bowl teams this year. So that's a conference you might want to look at and they'll start playing pretty early too. No, no, that was one I was going to ask specifically that, and we're here and close to it and, and see these teams and focus on them quite a bit. And they have been a conference that's kind of turned a corner with success in bowl games in the last several years. Yeah, and you've seen you've seen some of the Mountain West sides offer some pretty good value uh, in, in recent years. And that might be the case. that We've never seen this many Mountain West teams involved, as you will, this year. So uh, you want to see that, but again, I caution. We're gonna. You, you, it's a case by case thing. When you come up to a team like Fresno, I mean, what do you, what do you do with Fresno here? Because I mean, it's not their quarterback was most of their offense, but Hainer has gone with his coach up to Washington, which is pretty interesting because Hainer came to Fresno from Washington. So I mean, this is stuff we're seeing in college football we don't we haven't seen before. Uh, so I mean, there's situations like that too. But uh, yes, you will get a look at some of these leagues uh, more of them early, like the Mountain West, and you'll have a chance. If you see a little pattern early, there should still be some time to add that at least into one of the factors you consider for some of these subsequent bowls. You know, if you think of like certain things that make sense, like even the uh, Potato Bowl. Kent State and Wyoming. Kent State is three and a half. The total on the game is 58. Well, you're like, oh, boy, okay. It's the Boise. What could the weather be like up there? And I'm telling you, if it comes up leading up to that game, and what's that, Monday, December 20th, I believe. And I'm sorry, Tuesday the 21st. And you get the weather forecast and go, oh, it's 13 degrees, and it's going to be cold and this, and you think, oh, my God, awful weather conditions. I wouldn't shy away from playing the the overnight game, Bruce, in a million years, because unless it's like thirty mile an hour and wins like the Monday night game, 
the, the MAC teams play in frigid weather all season long on weeknight games, and Wyoming's like so accustomed to playing in rotten weather, people would shy away from the weather. And I'm like, wait a minute, those teams will thrive in those conditions. Well, yeah, and, and snow in particular, it does, does not necessarily equate to, to lower scoring. We've seen that through the years. I mean, at least the offensive guys know where they're going. And on the defensive side, it's more of a react rather than anticipate in that situation with the snow. Now, the wind is something, and we saw that with the Bills and the Patriots. And that really messes up the offenses because it's hard to throw. Um, and, and, that, and the footing doesn't matter as much there as, you know, how's the football going to travel? But snow has generally not been a, a, a score suppressant, I guess we could call it. And that's something to think about. But then again, it might, the weather might not be bad in Boise either. There aren't too many of these bulls. <laughs> that's one of the few that could be cold. Although we've seen you know, some of the games in Dallas, and the, there's been a couple of Liberty Bulls that have been pretty frigid too. But uh, and I guess we've got a, we've got a couple of the Northeast. I mean, we didn't used to have those bowl games. There's one at Yankee Stadium. There's one at Fenway Park this year too. Yeah, that's uh, right. So that yeah, so we have a few more chances for those at least this this uh, this uh, this winter. The Get Out Bowl game, Bruce, <laughs> LSU and Kansas State. It's basically a pick 'em. But I mean, here you go. It's not, not just the coaches. Okay, Brian Kelly's now the coach of LSU. Well, wait a minute. All the quarterbacks on LSU are like, I'm out of here. I mean, you got Max Johnson, his brother Jacob, a stud tight end recruiter was going to go there. They want no part of this. Then you had the quarterback who started the season. He's like, yeah, I'm out of here too. And they're basically going to be down to a prospect, this Garrett Nussmeyer. He's a true freshman. But then they've got to weigh the options of, yeah, great, we got to put a quarterback out there, but we're going to burn a year of eligibility on this kid. Yeah, it's a this is this is the sort of thing which you're getting now in the bowls uh, that we didn't used to see. I mean, you didn't used to see situations like this. LSU is going to be an extreme one here because you got a coaching change. You're still going to have someone from the old regime coaching the bowl game. You've got quarterbacks leaving, other players are leaving, um, and you, that's you got to consider. On the other side, Kansas State, I would think. Now I'll get into handicapping this more, and we will talk about this more later in the month would seem to be sort of the opposite here. That's one of the few teams in here that seems pretty solid, and they got the coach in there. And by the way, that was a great hire Kansas State made a couple of years ago when they brought Chris Kleiman in from North Dakota State. Uh, so they're sort of – this is a, this is this might be one of those uh, situations where, hmm, you know, the, uh, you got one team very stable, the other one not. But, again, that's, this is a great example of how Bulls – you have to look at these things differently now because it's not going to be the same LSU team probably we saw out there, certainly not the same coach we saw during the regular season. Well, Bruce, more and motivation is such a big thing. Do the kids even want to be there? As you know, that might sound trite, but believe me, they're all human. They have emotions, and yeah, Oklahoma State. Hey, great, we're playing in the Fiesta Bowl. Hey, great, we're playing Notre Dame. At the same time, these kids are going to have a tear in their eye that they're a foot away from playing for a national championship, and you wonder what their mindset will be by then. Yeah, and their defensive coordinator is leaving. He'll stay here. Knowles will be here for this one more game. I suppose, and then he's going to go to Ohio State after that. So it is. I mean, you, we've seen some teams just not show up for some of these bowl games, too, in the past. That was the other thing, too. In, in, in the old days, I mean, the, the pre-New Year's games, when a team was a bigger favorite, I mean, they weren't playing for a national title or anything. But it's, it's a little – the motivation is really different in a bowl game. And, and to go out there and try to, you know, really run up a score in a big effort when – and a lot of these bowl games don't have big crowds. 
um, they're sort of like in TV studios, it seems like some of them. It's the atmosphere is, is different. Underdogs in the past, a bowl team generally isn't that bad, so even the underdogs in there, uh, even a bigger underdog isn't a bad team. So they, in the past, that's been often a way to look. Although, again, like I say, um, you know, each game is different this, this time around. He's a fountain of information, our dear friend Bruce Marshall from The Gold Sheet, joining us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We'll turn our attention to the NFL with Bruce in our next segment, and we're inviting you to keep it right here with us. Sirius 159 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Good Radio Network. Second hour, Mark Lawrence, our good friend, who also happens to be, look at these two guys, two of the brightest, nicest, go-to guys in this industry now reside in Florida. Mark Lawrence in South Florida, playbooksports.com. He'll join us in hour number two talking college football in the NFL. And our buddy Bruce Marshall's with us from the legendary publication, The Gold Sheet. By the way, Bruce, want to talk NFL, but before we do that, tell the folks about all the goodies, man. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. we got all the football stuff up there for this week. Next week, we'll start with the first of three bowl issues, but it's also basketball time, and every night we have that basketball issue up there. All these college games, right about them in the NBA. That's nightly. Gold Sheet basketball. It's all up there at goldsheet.com. My pick's there, too. Also at Vegas Insider and donbest.com. This has been one of the... I would dare say most interesting NFL seasons ever with no clear team to beat. Uh, You know, I think people have cycled maybe back to Arizona and New England now uh, are the quote-unquote flavor of the month. But anybody can get hot. And we were just talking that, you know, late buys could be really beneficial to some teams that had to play 12 weeks and, they get beat up and worn down. And some of these teams that have the real late bye, Bruce, they could get all legged up and make a big push. This is going to be a crazy final month. Well, it could be. I mean, New England's got one coming up this week, and you wonder if the Patriots really need a bye right now, the way they're going. I mean, they, they've emerged, I think, as the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, but they get a bye this week. It should, I think, be a plus. Arizona's an interesting case, like you mentioned a second ago, Brian. And in Arizona's case, I think it really worked well because it gave Kyler Murray an extra week to heal. He looked pretty close back to normal last week. And I thought from watching Murray the last couple of years, especially last year, um, his durability is a little bit of a question over a 16-game season. He got hurt late last year as a shoulder. He wasn't the same the last six or seven weeks uh, last year. This year he hurts the ankle against Green Bay, goes out, misses a, misses three games. They win two of those, and then he, they have the bye week. So he basically had a month to get that ankle healed, and now he's he's hitting December fresh again. And you know you figure he can use he can often go seven or eight games without you know Syria getting knocked around and hurt too bad. Now his season sort of sorts of uh, sort of starts over again here in December and. 
you know, you, you've got a fresh Murray for the stretch drive for Arizona. They can effectively slow up the NFC West with a win over the Rams on Monday night uh, and then start uh, figuring out if they can hang in there for the uh, the home field and the uh, playoffs. And, of course, Green Bay still involved. By the way, why, why is the Green, why has the Green Bay-Chicago game why is that the Sunday night game this week? I mean, there are better games out on the card. They flex these games around. And I don't know that we have to see the Bears again on a feature game like that, especially the Packers where they never beat. I, I, there's much better games they could have put on Sunday night this week. Uh, I don't have to say anything other than what you just said. You're 1,000% correct on that one. There are way, way better games on the card. Hey, just one more thing on the Cardinals out of curiosity. It's amazing. Go back a couple of years, right? Kingsbury lands there. Everybody's like, I don't know. Is that, you know, is that going to work in the NFL? Blah, blah, blah. How about this guy? How about the job he's doing? Yes. And it was, uh, he is. And, uh, uh, you'd think that would sort of revolutionize the way they're thinking about some of this stuff in the NFL, but it hasn't quite been the case or some of his disciples in college, I mean, Graham Harrell is one, uh, and you'd think he might get – I mean, he was USC's offensive coordinator, and that, everybody at SC kind of got thrown under the bus after this past season, but we'll see where Harrell lands. But also bringing coaches up from college. Now, the other example, bringing a college coach in, it ain't working too well at Carolina right now with that rule. Uh, but Kingsbury certainly has – and this was a, 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 a real gamble by Steve Kime, the GM down there. You know, he had to – you know, he had to, to convince uh, uh, Bidwell, the owner, that this is what we're going to do. And this was sort of the time's last roll of the dice. And it's worked out very well for him. And it, it had to do with drafting Murray first. Remember, they they, they drafted Josh Rosen, Rosen first the year before. And they quickly decided that's not the way to go. We've got a chance to get Murray. Let's get Kingsbury. Let's roll the dice. And so far, it's paying off, at least this year. All right. So Tampa Bay with Brady. Fournette has been such a monster for them. Big picture, Bruce. I mean, this is an interesting game this week. I think that, I'll just to say it right now, I think they score 60 points in this game. Both secondaries, well, the, the Bucks secondary and the Bills, really the first game we'll see what it means to not have Trey White in there. But you go a month down the road, and I don't know how this all plays out on the Antonio Brown front, but if he comes back and now that Gronkowski's healthy again, you know, it's exactly the same scenario as last year. I mean, they could be coming in and being a freight train at the right time. Yeah, and remember, in Tampa Bay last year, where that really didn't start happening until the playoffs last year. I mean, they were maybe right at the end of the regular season. They started to pick up the pace. But, I mean, they didn't seem like the team to beat going into the playoffs last year. I mean, they were they were a wild-card team out of their division. The Saints were the team that won it. And uh, they got hot. That's the, this goes back to something you said at the start, Brian, that uh, there's still time for things to happen this season. We're only, it's only December 8th today. And, um, you know, and with a lot of these teams still in the mix, you could still get hot at the end of the month, get in the playoffs, and then you hit, hit that uh, hot streak at the right time. But, yes, like you say, it looks like Tampa Bay's rounding into form. But they want to be careful about peaking too soon, too. So you don't want to, you know, we still got a month to go. There's an extra week in the regular season. We're still more than a month away from the playoffs starting. So uh, there's still time for a lot of these teams to hit the on switch here and really hit the postseason with a full head of steam. No, I mean, honestly, Bruce, I mean, you're spot on. From a future perspective, you talk about just how 
insane it's been, how numbers have danced around. My God, I mean, it was only six weeks ago uh, the Chiefs went up to 14 to 1. All right. Hey, I'll sit here. I'll sit here and be the eternal optimist and say, say the Bills beat the Bucks, right? And get back on track. And then the next week they get revenge on the Patriots. The Patriots have to play Indianapolis, who's playing as good as anybody. And then after that, the Bills play Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. So what looks horrible today in five weeks' time for, say, the Bills and numerous other teams, it could be markedly different. It could, and you mentioned the Chiefs. I mean, like you said, a month ago, we weren't thinking this was going to happen to the Chiefs this year, and all of a sudden they've started to win, albeit in a different way. I, I think I think it's beyond the point where we're thinking this is a slump for Kansas City's offense now. This is just the way it's going to be the rest of the year. They're going to have to win the games defensively like that, but they have been doing that, and this is a crucial game this week. They're back in front of me in the AFC West. I mean, they can really – uh, knock the Raiders out of it this week. They can beat them again on Sunday at Arrowhead. But uh, that's a good example of a team that uh, has turned things around, and all of a sudden, you know, it's looking better for Kansas City, albeit in a different way than it was uh, the last couple of years. Bruce, it's always been a copycat league, and these defensive coordinators, they're no dummies. All right, everything's underneath dink and dunk stuff, and Kansas City maybe offensively is their own worst enemy because they know – Wait, we want to do the home run. We got all this talent. We, we but they got to do the underneath stuff because it's what the defense, you know, is giving them, and they got to take it. And at the time, their defense is now really just not bailed them out, but they're lugging the mail. But they they found a formula for teams to be in games with the Chiefs. It, it, to me, it kind of goes back to Lamar Jackson had an MVP season. Well, okay, Lamar Jackson's still an electric quarterback. But the blueprints out there, how to beat them? I mean, you you just hit, you your defensive ends. You gotta you've got to maintain the edge, and you can, just can't let him get to the outside. And he still will escape occasionally, Bruce, and make big plays. But you want to make him a quarterback that has to throw the ball, and there's your formula. Yeah, and in Kansas City's case, you know, it's that two deep zone stuff. It's sort of taken away that second layer, that second downfield uh, level of passing for Kansas City. They don't have much of the deep stuff at all. But I think a bigger thing right now, and we see this in college some too, but in the NFL, the the run is being reintroduced. And, you know, the 49ers sort of maybe reset that template a couple of years ago when they uh, you know, were running like with abandon on the way to the Super Bowl. Hey, how about Fournette uh, at the end of last year? Fournette was a monster. Fournette. Right, and, and and look what's happening this year. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has now – oh, Derrick Henry also with the Tennessee. Now, he's out, but Jonathan Taylor has sort of taken over now. And look, they're riding, they're riding his coattails. New England is basing uh, this revival, offensively at least, around the ground game. Um, around the ground game. Um, Denver the other night, they stuck to the ground game. They might have been able to beat the Chiefs. But – these teams that are reintroducing the run this year, that's sort of interesting. And it, it, we, this stuff has always sort of gone back and forth. We haven't seen, you know, the run in recent, it's been so much of a, of a shift to the pass and the dink and dunk and all that. I'm really thrilled to see some of these teams running the ball again. And we saw it in college too. I mean, it's uh, some of the, the college teams that, I mean, look at Michigan this year. It's, they re- re- revived the ground game there and that is re- kindled the Wolverines as a contender. 
Same thing happening in the NFL with some of these teams. All right, I can't let you go, Bruce, without letting you wax nostalgic. Dallas and Washington. Dallas a four-point favorite. Total in the game is 48. And Washington, hey, they have two games with Dallas, so they can make some noise. But some of the great memories, the Mad Bomber, Dwayne Thomas, I'm sure you've got some old, you know, George, George Allen and Tom Landry. That That's a great rivalry. Yeah, I mean, they had some great games even in the 60s before Allen got to Washington when they still when Otto Graham was there. And the Cowboys had some really good games with uh, Washington, the Redskins, as they were then. Um, and this is interesting. I mean, uh, the last game Vince Lombardi coached, he lost to Dallas. Now, he was Washington's coach. People forget that. But, I mean, that's the last game Lombardi coached. He actually lost yeah. to Dallas at the end of 69. But when George Allen came, that changed the whole template on everything. And uh, 1971, and they won that game down in Dallas, 20-16. to 16, That sort of firmly established Washington as a force with Allen. Dallas got them in the second game that year, 13 nothing. But that set the stage for most of the rest of the 70s, at least as long as Allen was there through 77. It's, it, it's, it was must-see stuff. Rivalry. It is must-see yeah. stuff. And you're a must-listen-to guy. Our buddy Bruce Marshall uh, from the Gold Sheet. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's just when you put this time of year together, college football, the NFL, college hoops, hockey, the NBA, this is the time of year where you're literally, your head's on a swivel. There's just so much going on. It's awesome. Yeah, it seems like that. Uh, before you know it, they'll start baseball, too. I mean, we're like a couple of months from pitchers and catchers reporting. So, I mean, we're uh, we're not far from baseball either. And maybe the Olympics. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, that's right. The Winter Olympics are coming up, too. Yeah, there you go. All right, Bruce, tell me about the gold sheet one more time, but. Thanks, Brian. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. Basketball publication every day. Football up there now for the weekend. Goldsheet.com. My picks there. Also, Vegas Insider, Vegas Insider, and DonBest.com. Enjoy the sunshine, Bruce. It's always a pleasure, bud. Thank you. Okay, Brian. Stepping aside, we're coming back. A couple of injuries. And, of course, our pal Chris Pavone. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Glad to be with you. Sirius 159 Sportsbook Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, I see what you did there. It's Brian Blessing, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Take you home to the top of hour number one with the injury report. Hey, let's go, Justin Fields. Ow, ow, ow. Ribs medically cleared and is going to start for the Bears on Sunday. Dalvin Cook. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Boy, he's, he really wants to play. Uh, he's questionable for the Thursday night game. Uh, has an opportunity to get back in the lineup for the Vikes, who are trying to recover from a defeat at the hands of the Detroit Lions on the last play of the game. Adam Thielen. Ooh, 
ankle injury in that loss to Detroit, and he will not be able to go in that Thursday night game. And finally, Brian Blessing. A broken heart. Chris Bavona's Sorry, but this- Please don't cry like that. All right, I'm over it. <laughs> On to the I next thing. On to the next thing. Buddy, you're the man. It's been a treat. It's been an absolute joy. I've loved working with you, Brian. You're the best, bud. We still got another hour to still go. Just a reminder, yeah, another hour. <laughs> but he has uh, been an absolute treat. Chris Bavona. Uh, I'm behalf of myself, Stevie Slapshot, everybody at the Sports Group Radio Network. Uh, we love everything Chris Pavona did for us as a colleague, if we want to call it that, but most importantly, as a friend. And we wish Chris the very best of luck in the goodies that are to come. Thanks, Chris. Nice model!